Do you like podcasts about movies, television shows, books, games, and pop culture? How about sports like football and tennis? Here at Freaking Geeks Media, one of our many goals is to create a variety of podcasts that you can enjoy listening to. From the Freaking Geeks podcast to Hungry for Hannibal, Friday Night Mics, the American Gods podcast, and Stranger Things, we know that giving you an assortment of options is one of the best ways of bringing you back for more. But it does take quite a bit of work and expense on our end to make these podcasts a reality. Patreon gives us the opportunity to make a living doing what we love. However, to do this, we need your help. By donating as little as a dollar a month, you get access to both past and upcoming Patreon-only content, as well as early access to regular episodes before they appear on iTunes. Other tier rewards include monthly Loot Crate giveaways, access to live broadcasts, Freaking Geeks t-shirts, magnets, and much more. We can honestly say that anything given is greatly appreciated. So, consider supporting us by going to www.patreon.com slash freakinggeeks and check out what we have to offer. We think you'll like what you see and hear. Hello, Friday Night Lights fans. Welcome to the Friday Night Mics podcast, presented by Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, one host comes into each episode cold, the other has been a longtime fan. If this is your first episode, thanks for listening. If not, we're happy you're back for another episode. You can follow Freaking Geeks Media on Twitter and Facebook. Links will be in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Here are your hosts, Michael and Sarah. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Mike's podcast. I'm your host Sarah, and with me of course is Michael. Hello everybody. And we are discussing Season 5, Episode 4, Keep Looking, directed by Todd McMullen, and written by, of course, Peter Burke. Um, it's a pretty good episode, um, lots of interesting stuff happening, and characters that kind of had more of a dominant role the previous episode are kind of taking a backseat, save for Vince, of course, but more coming to lights and some good, some bad, some really awesome. Can't wait to get into it. Okay. All right. Well, who do you want to start out with uh, for this week's episode? Um, do we want to just start with Jess first since she's kind of in the beginning anyways? Sure. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do it. All right. So... Just her job as equipment manager is like doing laundry and kind of picking up after the guys and it's kind of just not fun work. And of course, guys being guys are hitting on her, you know, lots of sexual innuendos and just a tough girl. She stands up for herself, but uh, a guy steps over the line a little too much. And Vince, of course, you know, boyfriend mode kicks in and goes to defend her. And, you know, while on the surface, like, this is, you know, what you would like your boyfriend to do when this is, like, to her, this is big, this is her job, her role. She wants to be able to show she can stand up for herself, so it leads to a bit of tension this episode between the two of them, which is good. I mean, like, they don't need to be happy all the time. Yeah, right, and it actually is the kind of development, I think, that is organic, right? Um, yeah. I think if you're going to introduce anything into a relationship which is going to cause strife, tr cause trouble, then you want it to be something that feels natural. And you got to look at the circumstances that they're in. You know, what can we do to in these, you know, with these 
uh, character's relationship and a, the you know kind of shows different sides of the characters but also shows the conflict that could be a real issue and the way you do that is look at the environment that they're in where can can the uh can the issues pop up in that way right and i think yeah this is actually a really smart thing to do because you're right she is uh doing this job what she she loves, obviously, I'm not saying it's it's fantastic, amazing, uh, work. You know, washing people's jock straps and and what various uh, <laughs> items. But the thing is, you know, she is involved in something, and we talked about that last week. And, and we're seeing a continued trend here with what Vince and Jess are fighting about, because you know, Vince brought this up last week as being a real issue. You know, we saw that blow up. Uh, in coach's office and it it hasn't really died down to be honest with you um no they get pulled in again <laughs> yeah and it's taken a slightly different route i mean he's still griping about that but he, he's kind of pulling it in a different direction a little bit too uh because now it's not just about her being there and throwing him off it's also well you know these guys are are treating you like this and and i can't even stand up for you so but what he doesn't understand is given her role she she has to be one of the guys that's the only way they're going to feel comfortable enough with her in there you know it's the only way to show her respect and have a level playing field right she's a woman in a locker room full of teenage guys you know yeah (laughs) that 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 could be a bad 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 situation to be in hormone city hormone city inappropriate comments maybe even more which is what you don't want and the only way is is to make your i hate to say it but to kind of take some of that the that i'm a female in a way kind of out of the equation a little bit by just making yourself hey i'm just kind of one of the guys in the locker room i can take it and i can give it you know yeah you have to. And she's good at that. She's good at throwing oh, comments yeah. back and having quick wit. And I think she definitely can hold her own. I think she's tougher than most of the guys on that team. So I have no doubt that if Vince actually takes a step back, she'd be able to you know, be fine. But I, I understand Vince's point of view, too, because this is his girl. You know, he wants to be able to stand up, be the man for her. But he's also got to adjust that. Yeah, she wants to be the man too in this situation alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, Vince does what he feels like he needs to do. Obviously, it's not really the right decision. She lets him know about it, and you know, we. I guess we should probably move on to you know the the scene. I guess what towards the end of the episode i think it's the two major scenes with them really it's it's this scene here and i believe it's the scene at the end i don't really think there's a whole lot too much between them except for these two major moments right most of it's with his father right but there's more that goes on here it's not i mean it's not just like this is the the jess vince thread but there is a a jess billy aspect of to this uh storyline this week as well yeah um she's out there fixing the helmet and Billy's trying to figure out like Tinker is not doing something correctly. And he's, yeah, he can't figure out why she knows it right away. And she just mentions it to Billy and he's not really receptive. You know, 
he's basically kind of just shrugs it off. Doesn't really think too much of it. But later on, like it's actually sunk in. He, he probably was able to see it for himself that she was correct. And when he's talking to their coaches, he brings up, they all agree and it gives him positive reinforcement and hopefully he passes that on to her because she really deserves the credit. Right. Now, I have a little bit of a different take here. Um, I actually think that Billy saw that immediately after Jess said it. Um, I think he was looking at Tinker out there and I think he noticed it. And, and Clicked right away. And I think he walked away and kind of looked back at Jess a little bit like maybe he didn't realize just quite how smart she really is. Like she really knows what she's talking about. And, and yeah, he, I think he took that information and he, you know, utilized it, uh, you know, hopefully he passes it on, but for now he's definitely getting the credit. Although I think at least for Jess, I think she's just happy that she said something that led to something positive. Like she gave her opinion. It was, utilized and it's being you know put forth to coach and the other coaches so that tinker can get better and i think just that right now is good enough for jess because it makes her feel like her uh knowledge is useful yeah that it's not just yeah you know, she's not just knowledgeable with vince she's knowledgeable and, and can be able to see you know on the surface of everyone else as well. It, it's not just dedicated to the person she spends the most time with. She's got a good eye for this. And you know, maybe also Billy might be a little threatened. You know, she saw something before he saw it and doesn't want him, her to take his job. <laughs> I always, I've always gotten the sense with Billy that he's not untalented. It just, it feels like he's never as talented as somebody else in the room. Yeah. You know, everyone's always like a step above, like like even when they opened up Riggins rigs, it always seemed like Billy. While he knows how to work on cars, Tim was better. Like I remember that scene last season when they were just I think it was last like beginning of last season when they were just opening up Riggins rigs. So they had gone to buy all that stuff and they broke down on the side of the road and Tim's sitting in the truck and Billy's there fixing, fixing, fixing. And then Tim gets out and he's just like. Oh, yeah, it's this. Boom. And then the truck starts up. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those things where you just kind of realize he's not unintelligent and he, he does know some stuff, but it just seems like there's always somebody else in the room, at least one other person that's, that's just two or three steps above him. Yeah, he's a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pretty. Yeah, that's a good uh, description of Billy. Yeah. So that's basically all he has with Jess this episode. Um, Jess and Vince, they the other scene they have in this locker room, they get pulled into Eric's office again because <laughs> Eric's watching them having, you know, he understands that fight all too well. He can see it's the you know girlfriend-boyfriend bickering and it's exactly what he feared was going to happen when bringing Jess in is that he was going to be a distraction for Vince and cause... You know, them to have relationship issues <laughs> and he pulls him in and kind of just tells him to knock it off and <laughs> get another warning yeah well you know we get to the end and there's like this dance right yes, the hawaiian luau 
themed weird death. That, sorry, I'm sorry. That just seems like a recipe for disaster because luau themed, I mean, most schools have a dress code even when it comes to dances. That's exactly I, why it's picked. Right. It was uh, the same thing at my school. It's just so you could put your boobs out. Basically, right. So, yep. <laughs> so they have this dance and uh, Jess and Vince are sitting there and then they get into another fight. And, uh, of course, Vince gets all riled up and, and, and basically accuses Jess of more or less just kind of throwing his whole game, his life off, basically, in the locker room and everything. Because she he, he can't be himself when she's in there. He can't stand up for her. You know, he, all this stuff that, that he's kind of throwing out. And I like I like Jess's response here. You know, she's like, look. I don't know what you want me to be here. You know, I help you all summer with your with your football, and you know, do you ever think for a second that this is something that I like? That this might be something that I want to do? That this could look good on my college, like transcript, transcript resumes or whatever. You know, like to yeah. get in to college, like this is something that look really good on there. You know, and it's like Vince never really thought it, and then then he goes, "Oh, you look really pretty tonight." Like. It's well, such a guy thing to say. Like in the middle of a fight, you throw out a compliment to walk away. Like, like not not like a guy guy thing, but like a a movie TV show guy thing to say. Like it's something that happens quite a bit. I've seen on TV. Seems to be the go to. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. You're in the middle of an argument and you know you're losing, so give her a compliment, walk away. Cut. Just it makes that person kind of feel shitty because you know it's not fair because if you can't one v one your partner, you gotta learn to be able to handle that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I like her points she made. You know, it's it's not just his future. Like he sees this as he's getting all these letters and everything like that he's gonna be able to take care of his mom and also Jess. I don't think it ever occurred to him that she wants a future of her own as well. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to be like arm candy or, you know, like ride the coattails uh, for Vince in college. You know, she has dreams, ideas, things that she's passionate about. And it may not necessarily be that she's sitting in the stands just cheering on Vince at football games. Yeah, she is the opposite of early Lila. Yeah. Lila was the girl who, that's exactly who she was. She was, you know, with Jason to be the trophy wife, always at his side. And that was who she was in the, in the beginning. She changed as a character, but just the total opposite of that. If Vince, you know, got hurt, got paralyzed, she'd be able to pick up the slack. She would handle it. It wouldn't, she wouldn't have as big a problem as Lila did. Yeah. But yeah, that's them this week. Um, Eric doesn't really have much to do this week, uh, other than just, you know, splitting up Jess and Vince, <laughs> you know, he sports his wife, you know, their conversations, but he doesn't really have too much of a role this week. Not that I remember at least. No. And I, I think that, uh, we, we see Eric look wistfully at Julie's picture, um, yeah, missing the, his kid in the episode, missing, yeah, missing his daughter, uh, you know, the thing with Eric is he's a, without really doing too much, he's a really good counterpoint to the other dads in this episode. You know, yeah. Vince's dad, who obviously, we'll talk about him shortly. Um, but then also, you know, you have Becky's dad, who is 
the worst out of all of them, obviously. Garbage. Uh, and then and then Buddy, who obviously has his own issues with the son, and again we'll get to that. Uh but not for a lack of effort on his part. Yeah. Um it, Buddy is trying. Yes. It's like you have the whole range here of dads. You have the 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 real the real fuck up dad who who can't possibly do any worse than he's currently doing. You have the dad who's screwing up but he's trying. Um then you you know you have Vince's dad who is he's trying but he's got a checkered past and you really don't know whether he's really trying to reform and be a better person or whether it's just a big act we don't know or if he's trying to take advantage of them right um and then of course then you have eric who you know is he a perfect father no but you could never accuse eric of being a bad father he was always a good father um and you know always i feel like tried to do his best when it came to Julie and obviously he's got a, another kid, so he's not done being a parent, but you know, I feel like, um, Eric is a, you know, he's a model example of, uh, of a parent and a person. So I like how you have this, like, like this broad spectrum of dads in this episode. Yeah. And they're all well-written. Nothing feels like it was just tossed in there haphazardly. Mm-hmm. Everything feels like it has a certain place in a meeting. Um, even though Buddy's is just kind of blooming and Vince's dad storylines just kind of being taken in here, it, it's all built up. It's not just thrown into the mix. Yeah, I agree. It's good writing. Do we want to jump into Buddy? Yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs> so I'll give them credit that this kid sure looks like Buddy. I'll say that much. Um, but the storyline bothers me. This okay. kid is insane he's out of control and you know at first you know he shows up at school and he does seem like what we've been told you know this kind of kid that has an attitude probably smokes some weed and drinks at parties and but nothing too insane like he doesn't seem that uptight he's still a little chill but then he breaks into buddy's bar (laughs) he gets near blackout drunk and then after you know buddy why would you like go and take him out to dinner at any point after that, like ground him for a week at least, but whatever you're giving the kid kind of the benefit of the doubt, he steals his credit card and his SUV and goes on like a spree. Like this kid's crazy. Like he went from zero to nuts in no time. And, you know, kudos to buddy for tackling him. But after that, his kids reformed like okay uh yeah i don't think he's reformed and i have issues with this storyline too and and i guess i'll let me outline the reasons why i feel like uh there are problems um i don't have as much of a problem about him feeling like he's going from like zero to 60 because i feel like with his character he was always gonna do this i mean he wasn't gonna come in in like the first 30 minutes of after getting off the plane was he gonna go crazy I think once he got settled in a little bit, that's when he was just going to be like, I am, t- I, he doesn't want to be there. He thinks the, the school's stupid. Um, he makes unapologetic, apologetic comments regarding Tammy. Um, he pretty much does whatever he wants because, uh, you know, you can tell that there is somebody who's going through a lot of pain, you know, underneath all this. And I, I don't want to get, too cliche here and and kind of boil this character down to just one thing but uh 
obviously, Buddy not being around for the last few years hasn't done him any good. Yeah. Now, we don't know. Especially with his new father, who's crazy vegan. Right. So, obviously, you know, there's no really good role model, at least. It doesn't appear like he respects his new stepdad. So, yeah. I mean, we... We know that the last time we saw Buddy Jr. was a couple of seasons ago when his um, he and his sister came back up uh, or came to visit and uh, they were little snots. And I feel like the genesis of this current character really started right there. Yeah. Okay. So my problem with this storyline is this. Everything else I'm pretty much okay with. Um, they They could have done... I think it's a little different. I think last week I talked about how I, I would rather Buddy Jr. have found that he had like an innate a talent like his dad for kind of just bullshitting people, you know, like yeah. that knack for somehow selling and and that, that they would bond slowly over the course of the season or something in this manner. I don't know. My big problem with this storyline, and it's something that the show's done – you know, a fair amount over the over the seasons, and in general, I I haven't really had much of a problem with it. It's this whole idea of football can save everybody, <laughs> and while I've seen other characters, you know, have zero experience, and Hastings Ruckle being you know another character uh, this season who never was on the football field in his life, and now all of a sudden he's a football player. Uh, okay, fine, whatever, but but buddy, I I it's different because at least Hastings is like, uh, whatever. I guess I'll try. Fine. Um, whereas with Buddy Junior, given what he's going through and just being a completely completely unhappy person and trying to find his place, it doesn't mean that everybody who's struggling and going through a tough time, football can just save you. You right. know. You understand? Um, like, sure, it fills up your time, but that's the extent of it. It doesn't make you a better person because you can play football. Right. I mean, you know, the structure of, you know, go to practice, do this, do this, do this, it, it can help to a degree, you know, because in a way it kind of feels like almost like the army. I, it's not really, but the the very structured element of doing this every single day, having a game on Friday nights. Practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, game Friday nights, you know, doing this, having a very structured environment, it can probably be helpful. And in in that aspect, it probably would be good for him. But what I'm saying more or less is that I've just, I've seen this a lot and I've never had a problem with it up until now because I just don't feel like Buddy is a character, especially this quick of a turnaround. You know, he does all this stuff over the course of this episode, and then his dad tackles him, and and I know what they're trying to do. Like, he just hit rock bottom, and he really, really just hit rock bottom, and he has nowhere to go but up now. But at the same time, well, that's fine in general. I don't really have a problem with that idea. What I have a problem with is that for a character who has professed football to be stupid, in his words, Buddy said, you know, Buddy Jr. said, "I, you know, football is stupid, Dad." It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me that Buddy Jr. would just turn around and be like, "Yeah, sure, I'll play football." 
Yeah. I don't like, care. I don't care if he's hit rock bottom and he's like, fine, I need help or I, I whatever. It doesn't mean that he's going to just suddenly devote a, a lot of his spare time to playing a game that he clearly doesn't have a passion for. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it seems to be like what happens in this show is that, hey, someone's out of line. They go to Eric. Eric fixes them. <laughs> and that's just the pattern. Well, and that's that's the thing. Um, another thing, you know, Eric's like, can he play football? And of course, you know, Buddy, you know, given his love for the game, is like, sure, he can play football. He's a Garrity, whatever. But the thing is, you know, at the end of the episode, when Buddy Junior's out in the field, and Eric comes out and he says, "Do you know what a three-point stance is?" No. Do you know what this is? No. And clearly, this kid's never played. Like Hastings, he's never played in yeah. his life. And given that this is, you know, we're already like a third of the way into the season, it just doesn't make any sense to me that you would be adding a player onto the team that doesn't know what they're doing. Cause by the time they, it feels like by the time they really figure out what they're doing on the football field, the season's going to be over. And we also, we like you said, we have Hastings and we haven't really gotten to spend any time with Hastings. And we're just going to throw another character into it. Kind of like him. Like I'd rather just have Hastings. Sure. Sure. But, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I, I guess we went on a, a bit of a tangent there, but I, I guess we probably should outline exactly what happened here, right? I mean, Buddy comes to town. He's kind of a snot, you know, and he's been he's a worst. snot, right? Yeah, he's been pretty just like in the beginning. Like he seems like he just has some attitude issues, kind of a snob, and I really don't think his dad his stepdad's been any kind of a figure to him back home um and then after <laughs> also he checks out tammy <laughs> i mean blatantly blatantly i mean yes you would think he had x-ray vision seriously and it's like Kate, we know we all know she's gorgeous but you're like 16 <laughs> kind of creepy to be macking on someone probably twice your age <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean well she's i mean tammy's probably what about 40 42 something like that yeah but yeah so, over yeah. twice your age yeah come on dude <laughs> like that is creepy i understand i get it and if i'm a teenager but I, even as a teenager i never would have been been that ridiculously bold to stand in front of somebody and just check them out like yeah where, like, where where's your one-liner you know it's like while tammy is gorgeous it's you have teenage girls all around you that you know are younger prettier which hurts me to say because she's gorgeous <laughs> but seriously yeah. like you're a teenager you're supposed to be attracted to yeah, it's just it's it's a little creepy. I agree. I agree. It's like they're putting a fetish in there that's just kind of weird. No, I mean I get it. You know, she has he hasn't seen Tammy in a in a few years, and now that he's a teenager and he's you know well into his teens, I I understand now he's looking at her with different eyes than he did when he was ten. But at the same time, yeah, it's just it's just. Peterberg has to be into like cougars because this is a recurring theme. Older women through the entire series. No, at least at least in this case, 
you don't have to worry about you know Tammy deciding that he she you know she should pursue this particular <laughs> you know child. Friday Night Lights takes a drastic turn. <laughs> Tammy takes a drastic turn. Soap opera turn. <laughs> That's to put it mildly. That'd be a soap God. opera on fire. Seriously. Oh, that'd be the worst. Um, <clears throat> all right. And you know, after you know he gets signed up in school, you're kind of like, okay, whatever, kid. Um, it just goes from that to having an attitude and just kind of being a bit of a snot to Buddy's bars broken into, and he's totally wasted. And I didn't really see it coming because. <laughs> he's all by himself what's the fun in drinking alone like does he already have an alcohol problem is that what we're supposed to say that he's like 16 17 and he'd rather drink by himself till he's blackout drunk uh i have no or idea is it just like the rush of breaking in somewhere being bad and having free booze i think it's just a reaction it's um it's more of, I think, of a reaction to being uprooted again. You know, we have, we, I mean, you do have to look at his character and understand, regardless of whatever garbage he gets up to in, in this episode. You know, we do have to remember this is a kid whose life was kind of ripped apart a few years ago when, you know, they left and moved to California. And regardless of what he's been doing there, he's now been uprooted once again and shoved back down into Texas, back into the, the, his hometown. He he doesn't know anybody anymore. You know, all the friends that he had at one time, if he did have any, were older, you know, and just I can't imagine that they've reconnected. So <laughs> I, I, I'm a little sympathetic in that I understand, like, he's just it, – it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough. It can't be fun. Um, and so I think the drinking is more of just being miserable and, yeah. for a variety of reasons. And if I just drink a bunch of alcohol, I'm, I don't have to think about it. I guess so. But yeah. And from there, it just escalates to stealing Buddy's credit card. I did say, like, Buddy, you're an idiot for leaving your credit card out with your child that's already shown you know, such, you know, good behavior so far. <laughs> that was just a stupid move on his part. But I'm pretty sure he didn't expect him to take his car. <laughs> no, he's, he, his son might have done a few questionable things already, but I don't think he's going to just start thinking everything, you know, the worst things about his son. Oh, I can't leave my cart out because if I go to the bathroom, he's going to take it, run out the door and, and steal my vehicle. Yeah, like I could see him taking the cart. And maybe just walking to the corner store and getting munchies on, but taking the car, that one was like, okay. <laughs> he could have made a beeline for the state lines, done anything. It was kind of crazy. But, yeah. And after that, you know, we have had the buddy taking him down, and that's that for him. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, he hits rock bottom, and now he plays football. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's the rehab in this place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So who do we want to tackle next? Um, let's uh, let's do the uh, Becky, Mindy, Billy storyline. All right. I love this storyline, by the yes, way. Yes, yes. Definitely. Mindy is becoming my Tyra. 
like now the tire's away. Mindy's kind of taking her place, and I'm just loving her. <laughs> you mean Jess? Ha- Jess hasn't taken her place because I feel like Jess is a good. I don't. She's not a copycat of Tyra, but she's got that sass in that. She does, but she's such a good girl where Mindy's oh. got that, you know, where Tyra could be you know, the girl who's reformed herself and be good, but in the next episode, she could be, you know, just going at the landing strip and being crazy and doing stupid things. That's Mindy. Okay, I understand. And, and she's Tyra's sister, so, you know. Genetics. Genetics. <laughs> yeah, and... Mindy's looking really good. She's working her butt off, working the baby weight off, clearly has a goal in her mind, and she's working hard. And Becky comes and asks if she can have a dance committee over to organize the first dance at... uh, Hold on. I don't know if you can hear that on my end, but my computer's yelling at me. (laughs) Oh. No, not really. Okay, good. Um, But, yeah, sorry. Um... So, yeah, she wants to have a dance committee over. And who doesn't want to have that? You know, she's feeling probably a little insecure about herself. She's finally getting that baby weight off, but probably doesn't feel like herself just yet. Why not have, like, five beautiful teenagers come into your house? Mm. feel a little bad for Mindy here. Yeah, I do. You know, I, I think that this episode really illustrates... The, okay. Let me try to say this again. This episode illustrates how you take a relationship and pivot in a different direction the right way. Yeah, truly. So this early on in this episode, right, we're watching two characters who obviously are not getting along very well, but you know, not terribly, but obviously from Becky's standpoint, she has nothing against her at all. You know, and really where it's coming from is Mindy. You know, Mindy's just kind of being a bit of an ice queen right now. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and but she's not too ice queen. Like she's thawed a little bit with uh, Becky being around, but uh, still icy. Um, but they agree to let her have her friends, kind of friends over, dance committee, whatever. And, you know, it goes well, you know, she has them over and everything's pretty good. They decide on the luau weirdness that poor Becky, like, she has good ideas. Like, she clearly is wanting to participate and they just kind of mow her ideas over. Like, that's real nice. Yeah, poor girl. Yeah. And um, it's not too big of a scene, though, even though it was, you know, a big discussion having them over, but it wasn't too big of a scene but Mindy and Becky kind of actually finally bond over um, something they both have in common, which is rocking bods. And uh, Mindy is trying to get a couple shifts at the landing strip. And uh, I didn't understand why this was insulting, but apparently is they offered her a day shift. And I guess that's bad in the stripping world. Well, you gotta remember, <laughs> night shift is where you make your money because everyone gets I off guess of so. Well, everyone gets off of work, right? And then they wanna they wanna unwind, so they go to the landing strip, they drink a bunch of beer and they they watch the girls, you know, and, and that's where the money's gonna come, I would assume. Right. And, and okay. uh, so for her the the day shift is like there's three people in in the the landing strip uh, during a weekday, 
Whereas at night, there's 100 people. Now, which one do you want to work? <laughs> Fair enough. I guess that's probably smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> she, like, this is the, her tire moment where she just comes in and like pulls up her skirt. It's like, look at my butt. <laughs> this, butt's ni- this butt is nice. She's like, that's adorable. It's so cute. And, you know, it's kind of a bonding moment between them. Cause, and then Becky, you know, she's really smart too. She, you know, tells her you need to counter offer. You know, tell them you'll take a day shift, but you want a weekend night shift. And cause I guess like a weekend would be much better too. It's probably a good idea for her. And, you know, she takes that to heart. She, she actually like, that's actually pretty smart. Becky said something helpful to me. And, you know, it's really nice seeing Becky be able to diffuse her anger, like, cause Mindy can be a force to be reckoned with, and the fact that Becky can diffuse that's really, really interesting to see as well. And um, yeah, it's kind of a really nice moment between them. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a really nice moment. Um, you know, she offers some advice, and, and Mindy is, uh, so emotionally distraught that she, even she's, like, lapping it up, really. Yeah. And um, following this, Becky gets a phone call. Um, it's her dad, and he's coming home. And apparently her psychotic stepmother has been telling him that you know, she ran away and you know, she's crashing on people's couches, blah, blah, blah. And just being a complete psychopath, saying that she's been looking for her and worried sick and putting up an act, but she's probably been having a great time without Becky there. No, oh, you know she has. Yeah, truly. And but anyways, she has to come home and the that following night. So she has a moment where she tells Becky and or not Becky, um, Mindy and Billy that, you know, she'll be out of their hair and is going home that night. You can even see right there Mindy's kinda like I don't think she wants her to go anymore, but you know, she's not gonna stop her also. Well, I'm trying to think. I believe it was last episode was when she told was it no, it was this episode where she told Mindy, I think early on in the episode that she had to to go back to her dad's and she needed a ride. Oh, okay, you're probably right. Yeah. And I think, I think you could even see it in that scene a little bit of the, like the oh uh, uh okay. I was getting used to having you around. Yeah, yeah. So but I think it was all it was after you know, they started the the bond. A little bit. That's kind of when that started to come in. Right. Um, but yeah, anyways, Mindy does end up taking her back to her dad's um, that night. And man, her stepmother and her father are just a two that are just front page material for like murder suicide pact kind of thing. They're just crazy as hell. The mom, the stepmom is like sitting out there with a thing of whiskey, you know, faking you know, how worried she's been all this time and already yelling at her. And then dad comes out and he starts yelling at her and getting in her face. And it's just ugly. It is so ugly. They're trying to both trying to manipulate her and uh, stepmom's trying to manipulate both of them. And it is just disgusting mess. And Becky just looks like she's about to crumble. And that's where Mindy steps in love her here tells her to get in the car and to get her out of here i love this moment i wish it was kind of a bit more mindy telling them off but i understand why they had like the the character 
be safe in this moment and not cause more drama. Just get her out of the situation. But I love this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, I love seeing Mindy just railing on anybody else. (laughs) It's it's a great scene. And um, it leads to, you know, Mindy's taking her in and it's a really great moment. Uh, I guess we can have a clip and play it and so you can hear it first and then we'll talk about it. He's such a jerk. How do you know? Maybe I was there. His wife is such a redneck bitch, too. Also, now he's going to pay her off so we don't have to be her dad anymore. I don't, I don't get it. What? You know, I, I said that she could stay here for a few weeks, and, and you were ready to rip my head off now, and she's going to stay here indefinitely? She needs a role model, and I think, unfortunately, in this circumstance, we happen to be the role models. Ugh, really? Oh, I swear to God, if you ever accidentally bump into her in the shower, I'm going to stab you in the face. Hey, 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 come here. Really? No, no, okay, all right. Hey. Hey. Um, he said that since I'm not coming home that they're going to go back to Seattle. Good. Let him go. You stay here. I will babysit for you. I will do the dishes. Oh, I will clean the house. Shut up. No, you just stay here, okay? Thank you. Yeah. You have no idea how much Hey, just stay with us. You're going to be okay. <laughs> Yes. So now clearly the roles have versed with her and Billy. Um, in the beginning, you know, he had felt obligated to take Becky in to honor his brother's wishes that she's family. He take care of her. And now that it's permanent, he's wondering like why they're even responsible for her. But Mindy is now, you know, she's stepped up. She has this bond with her. She's gone into this like super mom mode and, she has to protect like another one of her cubs. Like that's what Becky is to her now. She's just she's another part of the of her herd, and she's got to protect her. And you know, it doesn't feel like you know mother daughter esque. It feels just like I'm your I'm your girl. I'm your friend. I got your back. And it creates this really nice wholesome family synchronicity between all of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, what I really like about this here is that uh, in a lot of ways what Mindy's doing and she doesn't realize it is she's kind of prepping for 15 years from now with her own kids. You know? <laughs> yes, especially if she eventually is a daughter. This is going to be good practice for her. <laughs> right. So it, it's nice and I really like it. And I think that um, you know, watching this transition from from Mindy over the course of the last few episodes going from somebody who's being put upon – who is worried that her husband is going to have the hots for, you know, <laughs> Becky, um, you know, coupled that with whatever insecurity she's feeling because of the baby and the baby weight and not being back to work and all that stuff, which comes to a head in this episode. I, what I like is that um, we, we've seen a transition for the last three episodes, a very hard line. I hate this, to, you know, I'm jealous to, Okay, maybe you're not a horrible person. I'm laying down the law. You're going to be, have curfew to, 
you know, what we got in this episode, which was watching that transition period. And then finally her coming out on the other end, which is, oh, hey, we're here for you. You stay here with us. That's all that matters. Yeah, I kind of can't wait for Tim to get released and be back in that dynamic because I, I I feel like now that she's part of the family, she can finally be with Tim. <laughs> and I want that to happen. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah. Sorry, Lila, I like you, but I like Becky more now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely. Yeah. All right, so that kind of wraps it up for those guys for this episode. Do we want to keep Vince for the end? Yeah, yeah, let's um let's move into <laughs> Julie. <laughs> God, this was painful. It was so painful. Like I didn't think I actually wrote a real note. I literally wrote four things. One of them is just like, can this guy, I'm not going to use the real language I use, but like, can this guy get pelted by a textbook and never appear on the screen again to, oh God, make it stop. I'm putting a fork in my hand. Damn it, Julie, we believed in you to just being a thousand percent done. <laughs> that is the emotions that went through watching Julie with... This guy again. Okay, <laughs> I can't so, even handle so, it. So let, let's set the scene here. So uh, at the end of last episode, they basically agreed that was kind of a mistake. We never really should have done it. And we're just going to be friends now, or at least we're just going to you know, kind of go our own ways. But I think it's more along the lines of what Julie wanted. So this episode, we see Julie sitting outside, at, uh, I think on campus or something. And uh, he comes over and starts to make small talk and she shuts him down. You know, she's like, "Uh, this this isn't really what we, you know, agreed to. But over the course of the episode, granted, there's only a few scenes, but eventually what we end up getting is Julie showing up at his door at the end of the episode and she gets pulled in and they're kissing and we know what's going to happen here. I was so mad. I was so mad. Because I thought, like, they were setting us up. I thought she was going to knock on the door. We didn't know whose door this was at first. I'm like, oh, my God, is she visiting Matt? And then he opens the door. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there goes any hope I had for this storyline. I'm back to hating it. Just close that door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate it so much. Yep. It's It's the worst part of this. Yeah. Yeah, Julie, Julie's just, I get it. Being it, slutty. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he's married, and that's probably the biggest thing. He really, you know, neither of them should be doing it, and Julie, Julie's smart enough to know this is just stupid, because he just shouldn't be doing it, and I don't care. Like I said before. A couple episodes back, I said, I understand she's kind of lonely up there by herself, but she hasn't been there that long. And so I feel like it's the same thing now. She hasn't been up there that long to be that homesick and that in need of affection and and human contact, I feel like, that she's just basically going to have sex with uh, a married Loser. Teacher's assistant. I was going to say teacher's assistant, but hey, we'll, go, we'll go with that one. Um, 
Yeah, I would rather watch the Landry Tyra murder scenes all over again than have to watch this scene ever again or anything to do with Julie and this guy ever again. Ouch. Ouch, that's brutal. I would take that in a heartbeat over this. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, speaking, uh, sorry, uh, very, very quick tangent here. If you like Jesse Plemons as an actor, mm-hmm. uh, go check out Black Mirror. Uh, the latest oh, is she season. in the new season? Yes, there's a new season, and he is in one of the... I think he might be... He's in the first episode of season four for Black Bear. Oh, I think I saw him in the trailer. He looks way different. Well, they did a lot of stuff with like, his hair and his face and stuff. If you watch the episode, you're going to be blown away. So Yeah, I haven't saying. watched the new season yet. I've watched the last season, but I need to catch up. Wow. But yeah. he looks really interesting. Yeah, You're in for a treat, I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, they're so good. Yep, they are so good. So, so good. Um, all right. So, yeah. Anyway, the whole Jolie thing, uh, we've, we've kind of beaten that dead <laughs> horse. So let's move on to um, let's move on to Tammy because it's pretty quick here. So she she's bribing teachers to get them to help out with homework club. We've already seen this before um, in general. And what she has to do is she has to chaperone the dance – so that the, the teachers will, will come and help out with Homework Club. Yeah, that's pretty much all she does this episode. It's not a big role, but, you know, at least she, you know, she's in it. <laughs> um, but we do see get to see Epic again. Um, she has quite a bit of attitude this episode to um, specifically showing up at the dance with two guys that sure don't look like they're in any kind of high school or college <laughs> Or even in their 20s. They look really old. And she just has a fit when they can't come in with her. Yeah. And, you know, Tammy comes out and basically says, uh, you guys don't have IDs or something, I think. or Yeah. No and, school IDs. Yeah. And they're smoking, uh, which you can't do there, obviously, considering that it's a public venue. Um, and I think it's school property, maybe. Um so yeah. So anyway, they go away, and that's more or less it for Tammy. There isn't really a whole lot for her in this episode, uh, or interacting with Buddy Junior, which we already talked about that. So, um, yeah. Alright, let's move on to Luke. Yes, he has an interesting storyline. He gets singled out by a TMU scout, and he gets invited to sit on the fifty-yard line to watch a game of theirs. And he can bring along six other teammates of his choice, making it look like they have this interest in him. And, of course, he invites a couple of his teammates and Vince because they're close. Do we want to get into right away um, what happens with Vince? Uh, yeah, we may as well. Yeah let's, yeah, let's get into it because... All right, so this is basically what I consider, like... This whole thing with getting Vince there, now you, you might think that it's an off chance, and but I think they would have found a way to get him there regardless. Um, Maybe, if, but it was like, what if Luke didn't invite him? <laughs> I think they would have. I think they would have sent him an invite or something, or you know, found a way to get him there. You're right. It, it's it's a little bit. It's a little bit of uh, an issue uh, story wise. The off chance that he didn't invite him, but I'm willing to overlook it. But the bigger thing here is what goes on. So this is what I basically consider like 
this is how this happens. It's a, it's a recruiting version of a backdoor pilot. Okay. So you watch a pilot and it just seems weird and you don't understand why this character is being featured so much. What you don't realize is that what we have actually have is the real interest isn't on the old characters. It's the new characters. And this is what's going on here with Vince, you know? So we have this whole invite. The only purpose to this whole invite was to get Vince there. That was it. Luke, whatever, bring the guys. Vince is the yeah. guy we want. That's why they stopped Vince. Uh, well, all the guys went out on the football field and pulled Vince into this this room where all the coaches are standing there waiting and you know ready to talk to him. Why not just invite Vince in the first place? Like this seemed like a lot of work just to get him there. It's like why? I mean, I'm sure he would have showed up if you invited him. <laughs> well, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I th- I'm trying to think if there was some official channels they would have had to go through in terms of invites because i think when you are dealing with athletes there are rules in place and so i'm trying to think i don't know if they broke any i think they may have here but i believe you have to go through the coach or something they they would have had to call eric and not saying that would have been a bad idea but I think this was this was a way of getting to Vince without having to go through official channels because that may have also alerted other colleges as well to what they were doing. They were talking to him. Okay, I guess I can understand that. It just it wasn't too clear. It just seemed like an elaborate way to get to talk to Vince, and it was just kind of weird. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah, sure. But I mean, it it really stinks here because. And I have a little problem with this, and I and I I'm just gonna say this right now. I will talk about this more as the season goes along to a certain extent, but I'll touch on it briefly. One of the things that I don't like here is the idea that Luke isn't garnering this kind of interest. Now, I'm gonna be upfront here and just say. In the grand scheme of things, this is a pretty minor detail. And if you're not a football fan and you don't know a decent amount when it comes to, you know, what goes on and being a good player in high school gets you, you know, a lot of scholarship offers. And we know that because we've seen Vince get it. And there are a lot of one-year wonders. I mean, I've seen players that never played football until their senior year in high school. And they're such athletic freaks, such athletic marvels that um, even without the lack of experience, they're so physically gifted out there that teams all over the country, the best programs, college football programs in the country, want them. So like in Vince's case, as an example, you know, his first year was as a junior. He comes out of his junior year. He's getting offers from all over you know, the country. And I totally get that. I definitely believe it's true. But there's something else. What I have a problem with here is this. You know, we have to remember at the beginning of last season when Luke had to go over to, to West Dillon. Or no, East, I'm sorry, East Dillon. Yeah. Um, he, was the, he was the best player on the West Dillon Panthers, right? He was like the cornerstone to their team that year, all right? Along with, uh, what's his face? Uh, DJ... Hey. J, J, no. 
Is it J- no, JD? Not JD. JD. Yeah. Yeah, okay. JD. Um, along with JD, he was like the best player on the team. All right. He comes to this team. He's clearly at the time, especially because Vince was so raw and young, the best player on the entire team. He's a two-way player. He plays great defense. He play. He's a great offensive player. A player as talented and versatile and fast and and tough is is um is Luke would get offers all over the country from teams everywhere. So, like the fact that TMU, even if they wanted Vince, the fact that they wouldn't pursue Luke, like actually pursue him, like they really want him, just seems ridiculous to me it's just for me because i i know as good as luke is on the field and from what we've seen through the series so far he should be getting offers left and right constantly so yeah this is kind of bugged me here it's not what they were doing behind you know trying to get vince on there you know on campus and everything and pull him into a room but it just feels like they don't really have any interest in luke and this is all just a ploy when I feel like in reality, as good as a player as Luke is, and let's face it, him and he and Vince out there are like an unstoppable tandem. Yeah, you know? it makes me wonder if like this was also like they feel like they are secure in having Luke on their team, and he's probably a sure sign. But I, I think they must be must know that Vince is getting a lot of attention too now, and I guess want to solidify that this is where he should go. Like, it just seems weird. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility, and, and teams do this a lot, so it's not surprising. Weird. Yeah. World of athletics is strange. It is indeed a strange one. Um, <laughs> all right, so we want to get into the Vince. Uh, Vince and his mom and his daddy. Oh, yeah, so daddy issues are still happening. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's still around um, and constantly showing up to... Vince's practices and hanging around wanting to be a father figure. And this is not the vibe I got at the end of the last episode. I kind of, it felt like he was stepping out of, you know, Vince's life, like still wanting to be like around, but not as constant as it was in like the last episode. That kind of felt like that was the whole argument is like, we don't need you. I'm the man of the house. You need to take a step back and, you know, figure your own life out. And he's still there at his house 24-7, following around to practices. You know, it does seem like he genuinely wants to be a father, but it still, like, felt like there was... It undid everything that happened last episode. Um, I guess. I, I think I the last episode was more about Vince making it known that he's the man of the house. And I think that this episode is more about his dad letting Vince know that he was in his corner and that he had nothing to hide and that his intentions were honest and clear. And Vince still holding on to a lot of anger. Um, there was like, okay, so, you know, let's just, I guess, jump into it. So Vince... Um, sees that his mom is going out, uh, inquires who she's going out with, finds out that she's going out with his dad. Of course, she looks very pretty, too. Yes, very pretty, but Vince is not happy. Obviously, this is really hard for him because it just brings back a flood of really terrible memories. 
And his mom, you could tell she's almost like she's, you know, almost like she's asking Vince, do I not deserve to be happy? And I think he kind of realizes at one point, like, yes, you are beautiful. You are wonderful. You're the the, best woman in the world. And that's great. So then next we see them all sitting around the table. So this is, I think, must be later the next day or something. But anyway, um, they're talking and his dad's joking and laughing. And it seems like they're actually doing pretty good. Vince at one point feels like he's starting to to kind of warm up, like almost like he's realizing, hey, maybe things are going to be okay. But it's more or less just a, a an act really and then you know he comes down hard and says oh yeah you know those are really good memories because his dad starts telling stories and stuff and he's like yeah you know i've got some different memories here by the way let me let me outline some of them for you and it gets his mom crying of course um which is you know terrible to see and um yeah they get up and they and they leave the table and vince just kind of sitting there all by himself so then we see Vince down at his dad's you know, apartment. He's going through all his stuff. His dad comes home, wants to know why he's in there going through all his stuff. And he's like, I'm looking for drugs. I'm looking you know, for anything illegal. Um, and then Vince, you know, he's just, he is adamant. And, you know, we've got a clip here. So why don't we actually play the clip and, uh, you know, then we'll talk about it. What the hell are you doing, boy? I'm just checking, that's all. Checking for what? Go ahead, check away, all right? You ain't gonna find nothing, but keep, keep, keep on, keep on, checking, checking as much as you want. Look, make sure you look at everything. Find what you looking for? Hmm? Tell me you done with the drugs. Swear to me. I swear. You gotta promise me that you won't let mom ever, ever touch that stuff again. I will never, ever let that happen again. You hear me? All my life. Okay, so yeah, you know he's he's angry. He he thinks his dad's hiding something. He thinks he's got drugs there. And at one point, he just turns around and says, "You know, in this clip here, you know, just promise me that she'll never get addicted again." Yeah, like he doesn't really care what he does, but he doesn't want anything around his mother ever again because. They've gone through too tough of a time in their life and too much to know that he probably knows that if that happened again, she wouldn't survive going through it again. No, no. And considering everything they went through to get her clean, yeah, there's no way. So it's tough. It's pretty amazing thinking the first time we saw her. She was so out of it, so just a a shell of a person. Mm -hmm. And seeing where she is now... You can just you understand why Vince is so very adamant about this. Like she has come leaps and bounds. He's like he sees his dad and he sees all the progress they made just being washed away by his actions yet again. 
I understand his fear. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very justified. Very justified. Uh, but his dad does get up, obviously, in this clip here, and, and it promises that it'll never happen. So we'll have to see if that promise is kept. He's a very tall man. Very tall man. Very, very He just, tall. like, hovers over people. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. So, yeah. so we still have him hanging around. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops. Yeah, it's, you know, got a lot of storylines in, in the fire right now, and they're all... You know, very you know, nice, good. I mean, Julie's storyline, you know, I guess it's not that one. But, you know, in general, the storylines are really good. And I'm, I've been impressed by what they've done so far this season in general. Um, but this episode was really good. So do you want to get into final grades, final thoughts? Sure. Yeah. I There's some things about this episode I really love, especially Mindy. You know, she is becoming like she's becoming a role model for Becky which is says something like Mindy is definitely not the role model type but to actually be the strong she's becoming the strong woman that's a a good image for Becky to look up to that says something about that and she's come leaps and bounds herself I love the development there I think that's great that's great storytelling um and also that the fact that they continued on with Jess and Vince and their argument has kind of escalated a bit you know we get to see a little more of what she wants and you know what he's you know hopefully able to change his perspective and you know, be able to be supportive for her and also you know just getting to be a little more part of the team it's it's interesting seeing her develop too uh and then of course we have like <laughs> julie and if you could take that right out of you know the whole episode that would make me so happy because I wish I'd never seen it. <laughs> it just it drives me crazy, and I, I hate it a lot. Um, but you know I understand you can't it can't all be good writing all the time. I understand. <laughs> um, other than that, and you know the buddy storyline kind of being like they seem like they packed too much into one episode, but I'll let it slide. On the whole, for me, I'm, I'll give it a B. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think that the episode was good. Uh, I did, like I said, I did have a couple of problems. I thought the buddy thing is just a little off for me. Um, the resolution on hey, football fixes everything, and I love, <laughs> and I, I love football, and I'm not saying that these. It doesn't work, at least in terms of like a storyline, but we've seen it before. And just for this character in particular, it just doesn't feel like it works. Um, yeah, Julie, I understand totally. I get it. Yeah, I agree. Um, just bad, 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 Julie. Um, if I could, you know, berate you, <laughs> you know, uh, physically, like in front of you, tell you that you're being stupid and you need to go back home or or go see Matt or something, I'd tell you to do it. But, you know, it's just a TV show, and unfortunately I can't do that. Uh, but it's a good it's a good episode otherwise. I think you're right. It's a little too much packed in here. Uh, but I feel like overall it was a really good one. I'm going to give it a B plus. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's definitely a B, around B episode. Um, certainly not a, by far any... Of the worst episodes, but it's definitely not the best. 
So, but we're escalating. We're keeping everything keeps getting a little bit better. So we'll see how this goes. But I think that wraps it up for this week. Yes, it does. So uh, we'll be back next week for episode five for uh, Friday Night Lights. Yes. So shall we lead off with our motto? As always, clear eyes, full hearts, can't, can't lose. lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like waiting for you to start because if I, you know. And you're like, then you're waiting for me to start. So there you go. Uh, I always say the hearts. <laughs> I know. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week on uh, Friday Night Mics. Uh, until then, have a good one. Later, guys. Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Thanks for listening to the Friday Night Mike's podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. If you would like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to FreakingGeeksMedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanik. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at LabyrinthRose or at FreakGeeks.